Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest And a very good morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme and thankfully Storm Lorenzo has passed. There's a little bit of a sting in the tail of it left with some high winds left on coastal areas and there will be this rain that's going through at the moment but uh, certainly as we head into the afternoon we should have brighter, uh, drier conditions and also I think thankfully the storm wasn't as bad as had been predicted and I know following it on social media yesterday people were almost disappointed that they didn't get the storm they thought they were going to uh, get and there was many households stocked up with bread yet again we had the mad buying of the bread and I what really made me smile watching and keeping up to date on TV was to see Theresa Mannion back in action uh, reporting and they had her out again in the, the rain and she seemed to be the last that they went to you know when they had four RT had four different reporters dotted around the country and they kind of left her out in the wind and the rain but it brought us back to her amazing reporting on the famous the last or or, or the storm when she became most famous you know don't make unnecessary journeys and all of that and that was Storm Desmond I'd even forgotten the name of that storm that was uh, over four years ago so you kind of got panicky when you saw Theresa Mannion out reporting yesterday but at least um, uh, thankfully wherever you were you were okay and there was no damage done in your area now there are some power outages and we're still getting in reports of power uh, outages. For example, this morning, there's outages in Churchtown, Liscarroll and Charleville. This morning, also in Brough and Patrick's Well, there are some power outages. So the ESB crews are out working on those. And we think of the ESB crews and uh, say well done to them because there was some power outages yesterday but they got people restored pretty quickly and also let's not forget the lifeboat the lifeboat crews were called out uh, locally we had the lifeboats out in Crosshaven and in uh, Kinsale so the emergency services where the rest of us stay indoors and we might be you might have some people moaning the fact that the storm wasn't as powerful as you would want it to have been but I was thankful that it wasn't uh, that powerful and I straight away thought of the emergency services because if you get a powerful storm then you are going to have the emergency services having to react and putting themselves into all kinds of dangerous uh, situations. Now, on the programme this morning, 
We're already getting uh, calls and comments in and in particular I would love your reaction please if you watched EastEnders last night. EastEnders were running with a storyline that I'm assuming the powers that be issued a warning in advance because it was a suicide storyline that obviously some listeners were going to find or some viewers were going to find upsetting. I haven't watched EastEnders in many years. It was one of those programmes I used to be addicted to. I used to religiously watch it and I can't remember why I fell out of favour with all of the soaps. I think maybe just a busy life took over and I didn't have the time to commit to all of the soaps. So there's none of the soaps that I I watch. But because my, my young niece is living with me at the moment, she's kind of in and out of particularly EastEnders. And so we caught the last 10 minutes of an episode of EastEnders last night that I was actually glad I caught and it was to do with the character of Bex Fowler. She would be Sonia and Martin Fowler's daughter and I remember her actually as a young child. She's now a young, or in the episode last night, she's a young adult about to go off to university and you could see she was struggling. She was about to leave home to start at Oxford and her mom obviously very proud of her and there was a going away party going on. In, in the local pub where they still do everything on EastEnders and she was putting on a very brave face by turning up for the party and then she managed you know, to do a thank you speech saying thank you to everyone and her family for all the support and then she sort of slipped away and she went left the party and headed back home. Nobody really realised that she'd slipped away and the, you see the scenes where the others are continuing to uh, celebrate and she's at home and she's written a little note for her mother and father and then you just see her drink a glass of water and uh, pick up a packet of, of uh, tablets and this like haunting music uh, playing and then it's the next day her mum Sonia comes in to find her unresponsive in the bed. I mean it was just a, a really powerful, powerful piece of TV Twitter went wild straight away with lots of people praising the soap for the very sensitive handling of the storyline and this morning we're already getting some calls in on that vein of people saying yeah it was very sensitively handled and it really showed you know the the heartbreak of suicide and Mary says Patricia God EastEnders last night was so sad I really cried my son done the same thing Uh, my heart goes out to you Mary and when I watched it last night that was the one thing you know while I felt it was very sensitively handled I did instantly think of any family who has lost a loved one because of suicide to watch an episode like this must just be so so difficult but I'm assuming as I say I didn't see the start of it but I'm assuming that they would have issued the warning in advance of the programme and therefore it's up to people themselves particularly, as I say, if you've lost a family member through suicide, whether you want to watch the programme uh, or not. And then at the end, they did, um, as they always do for an episode like that, they, they they did issue all of the telephone numbers if you know people were affected uh, by it. But your thoughts welcomed if you watched that uh, programme last night. Now, coming up on the programme this morning, in a couple of minutes, we're going to be celebrating with the good people of uh, Glownthorne. We featured them on the programme, I think it was on Tuesday of this week, when we discovered that... And 
and they had only recently discovered that the green area, the green area in the little pretty village of Glanthorn that's, that is used by local people was going up for auction and it went up for auction yesterday and there was a fundraising campaign started by the good people of Glanthorn to save their field and I'm delighted to report that they have. So we'll speak with them to add today to find out how that auction went yesterday. Congratulations to all of the young students who are or have already picked up their junior certificate results. Now junior certificate results coming out on the 4th of October is a little bit late. It's normally about the middle of September isn't it but of course the delay this year was to do with the amount of Leaving Cert students who wanted rechecks on their papers so they sort of got the examiners to hold off on the junior cert and to focus on the, the leaving certificate. So finally, the juniors, the young junior certificate students are picking up their results. And it's a big, big deal for the young, what are they, 15, 16 year olds? Because it's their first state exam. We're going to offer advice today to the parents of those young people. If you have a son or daughter who will be coming home today, very, very excited with their results. And hopefully they've all done really well and they've worked hard. So they deserve the results that they get and they deserve a little bit of rest and relaxation and a little bit of partying and a little bit of celebration but we're going to give advice about on how they celebrate and the the dangers that are out there for young people when they decide to overindulge and mainly at that age it is going to be alcohol and this if I I'm open to correction, but I'm sure I'm right on this. This is the first time that the junior certificate results have been issued on a Friday. So they do have the weekend to celebrate. It normally used to always be on a Wednesday and the children, the young people were expected back into school the next day, but they've gone for a Friday. Don't know if that's going to make much of a difference uh, or not, but we'll we'll talk about that on the programme. And it has a tendency, if you think back to your own junior search, if you're a certain generation, the, the junior search was the old intercert. Same exam, they're just going to change the name uh, of it. For many of us, we did celebrate with alcohol. Now, I was, I was talking about this, some of this in the office uh, before I came on air this morning. In, certainly in my day when I would have celebrated my, my junior search, it was, we had some cider. We didn't have an awful lot to drink. But yes, we did have alcohol. I and mean, was it illegal? Absolutely. We were all uh, under 18. But I think the danger today is spirits. And it's the amount of spirits and the cheap spirits. There certainly wasn't cheap spirits available in my day. Whereas spirits are, you can get spirits very cheaply now. And only a, a few weeks ago, we did a piece about how little it takes to actually go over your weak limit of alcohol. I think for a female, it was under a fiver and for a man, it was under seven euro. You know, it was a very small amount of money can get you very, very drunk. And that's my big worry with young people who are not used to alcohol. They're experimenting with alcohol. And if they start, you know, consuming large amounts of spirits, that's when they can end up in all kinds of trouble. And we don't want that. We want them to celebrate. We want them to have a good good time. We want them to know that we're proud of them and proud of what they have uh, achieved. And, you know, they want to spend time with their peers and their friends, but we need to try and do it in a healthy and a safer way as uh, possible. We'll speak with a young North Cork teenager who's a great role model, I have to say, for other young people. This is uh, Leah Corkery, who actually only a few weeks ago 
coincidentally when I'm talking about EastEnders and the suicide story she joined us in the studio to talk about how suicide had touched her family she lost a much loved uh, uncle uh, many years ago and, but the effect it's still having on her and on her family uh, but we had first been introduced to young Leah Corkery because she is one of the young people who goes out with Nile Mellon you know the Nile Mellon Trust they go out to South Africa on building blitz and it's kind of changed her life, really, because she went to do one of them and she's gone back. This may be her third, it's her third time going. Anyway, she's going again next month in November is when they do those building blitz. But she's decided to add a new dimension to it this year. And she's bringing, wants to bring as many teddy bears as she can, teddy bears or dolls for the little girls to hand out to the little children of South Africa, children who have little or nothing. And she's doing this big teddy bear collection. And I think all of us have soft toys and teddy bears too many teddy bears at home and we'll be only too glad to hand it over to Leah so we'll give you details of where her collection points uh, are we're also going to hear about a new bus service that's due to start soon in West Cork and it's going to reduce the cost of travel from West between West Cork towns and Cork City now that's a topic we have certainly featured on this programme before when we've spoken about the high cost of getting the bus from West Cork. I mean, we had one woman who joined us uh, lately who was talking about the cost of a bus out of West Cork into Cork City was more expensive than the cost of her. When she got into the city, she got on a train and a ferry over to London and that part of the journey was cheaper than getting her out of West Cork into the city. So there's a new bus service that is going to reduce, it's going to be up against bus air, but it's going to, they're going to offer cheaper fares and I think a lot of people would be jumping bus, well, jumping ship. Uh, and obviously, if you're going to get, if you can get a bus that'll do the same route and do it cheaper, I think people are obviously, uh, that's a no-brainer. People are going to go for that. But what I'm hoping it will also do, people that currently commute, it might encourage them to think about leaving the car at home and going on the bus instead because that's all to do. That's all good for climate uh, change. And we'll chat with a group of ladies who will be sleeping out on Shirkin tonight. And this is to raise awareness of homelessness and to raise money at the same time for the Simon community. And it's Friday. That means in the after half past 12 today, Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, will uh, talk about movies. Now, last Tuesday on the programme, I spoke with a group that had been set up called Save Glanthorn Village Green. And this was a group of local residents who, were, who got together to raise funds to purchase their village green in order to keep it for the benefit of the uh, community. The Green was up for auction yesterday and Richard Cuddy once again joins me on the programme. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Patricia. Richard, first, congratulations, by the way. Firstly, you were the person tasked on behalf of the village to go into the auction room and to bid on behalf of the people of Glanthorn. Outline for us how yesterday unfolded. Um, well, I've never had an auction before, so it was new, it was new to me. So, okay. Um, Basically, you go in, if anyone hasn't been there, you go in and you register um, and you get a little paddle and then you wait until the auction starts and uh, we were second on the list, so the the auctioneer just says we'll open the bidding at, in our case, it was 20,000 and it was supposed to be listed for, you know, the anticipated value was about 25,000. So you said any bids and we bid um, our 20,000 and then um, it was silent for... for 20, 30 seconds and then someone else jumped in with a bid and <gasps> there was an increment then it started to go up um, in in one so it was 20, 21, 22, 23 etc 
so we were continuing our bids. Um, uh, yeah. And so were as, you only bidding against one other person? There was a yeah. There was a, a two gentlemen in front of us who were bidding against us. Um, so we we hung tight, and um, they after a short time, anyway, they they dropped off, and we put in the next bid, and we were successful. Yeah. Do you know who the two people bidding, who the two gentlemen were? No, 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 no. And you didn't get to talk to them afterwards or anything? No, or, no. And they wouldn't have known who you were or who you were representing or anything? Uh, I don't know. We didn't make it known to anybody anyway. So, I mean, they wouldn't have. I yeah. Who they did, no. OK. And you are, for whatever reason, not saying how much it went to? Um, yeah, I think, we were, yeah, I think we'll just keep that um, kind of, that's, you know, no one needs to know, but it wasn't a huge amount of uh, over the twenty five thousand. Okay. You know, so I okay. Mean, it didn't go for crazy and money. So I did get that, which is good. And you had raised enough through the GoFundMe page and people making donations. Uh, yeah, we we hope so. Yeah, yeah, we we we, we think we we'll, we'll be able to. Um, no, we we will be able to fund it. It's just a matter of just collecting the money now from, from various people. And we've had <laughs> donations and int- and you know people said they'd help us out. So it's just yeah, people, and anyone that promised, come on, open up the wallet. We need Indeed, the money yeah. now. We we need to, we need to pay for it. Now, what now happens? So, I mean, you've got now a title deed to a piece of to a field, basically to a yeah. piece of land, the green area in the middle of Glanthorn Village. From a legal point of view, what do you or, or do you know what you now need to do? Well, there's a few options open to us. I think that, um, and we're just exploring those things. It's it's technically well, we haven't you know we haven't completed the sale as of yet, but I mean we've signed contracts, etc. So, um, but before we complete, we will get things in order. So it'll either be uh, maintained maybe by the community association is one option, or we set up a separate uh, entity to 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 retain the ownership of it and. Maybe anyone who donated could be part of that entity, or uh, maybe we we would contact the the, um, the council and maybe they might like to take it over because they they they've taken over a, a small section of an area with the car park. Yeah, so, yeah, that could so be an maybe option. Maybe they, they yeah. might they might take it over. So there's a few things we're just exploring, but I mean, um, I, I think there's only the main thing is that um, it's not going to be sold to to a developer to build a house or to yeah. put the car park on it, and that we would like whatever happens with us in the future that some sort of a, a guarantee as best we can that it would remain as a green space and as a community space for you know for I said to you before like my wife does the yoga classes there or the kids play play the um, you know throw a hurley around or it's <laughs> literally a hurley around or football and we have St. Patrick's Day parade it's, yeah, it's, a, well, it's so. a green area yeah. it's, a, it's, yeah. it's, it's important and, and it's local people tidy towns isn't it that maintain and cut the grass yeah our that. local tidy towns actually yeah, are, are um, would be quite active in the area and um, you know it seems to be a good week for us and them that the, the Tiny Towns Awards came out um, earlier on this week and they they won a special award as well for um, a proposed uh, sustainable kind of walk around the area which incorporates the green as well so, Did they? That's not terrific Yeah yeah that's, that's, there's, all, there's all kind of positive news for us at the minute so um, And Richard the reaction locally when the news broke that you had been successful at the auction Yeah I think there was everyone was was um, there was lots of congratulations on our Facebook page and Great. emails and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and <laughs> there's a, f- a friend of mine called No and No Russell, and he keeps on sending me the. Um, there's a kink song called the Village Green Preservation Society. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he keeps saying, "Cause don't send it to me." So that that's our that should be our theme tune. So if you want to play an old song for us, that's what. Uh, we're we're, we're, we're trying to dig it out for you. Mags in Passage West says, "Congratulations to Richard and all of the locals in Glanthorn on their village green." I am delighted for them. I was actually praying for them. I heard about it earlier uh, in the week, uh, and I was praying. Oh, that's good. There's there's, there's yeah, so yeah, many good it, good feel good. There's good feelings and and yeah, vibes yeah. towards you. It, it, it's a positive thing. I think it it it, has, it shows that there's a bit of community spirit still alive in places and that uh, you know it's it's um, it's a positive it's a good news story and we're all hearing all these miserable things all the time and um, it's a good thing and it's you know community coming together to yeah. for the community and there's no ulterior motive no one's going to do anything with, with it apart from just leave as as it is and you know and long may that wonderful yeah, community indeed, spirit indeed, last yeah. in the in this country. It is terrific. Well, well done, and well done to to everybody who got together and you know realised we needed to do something, and you acted fast. So it's it's terrific. And if yeah. I ever need to buy a house at auction, Richard, I'll be on to you. You can you can. <laughs> you seem I like the man to go to. I'll show you the ropes there. <laughs> All right, listen, mind yourself. Thanks okay, a million. Bye 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 bye. That is uh, Richard uh, Cuddy, who uh, who on behalf of the Glam. Thorn Community Association who put that bid in yesterday and they've managed to secure their village green. It's terrific. It's a real, real good news story. 1850 Can I just, there's a number of texts in about the weather and about Storm Lorenzo and all of that. But there's one great comment in that I have to say from Stephen in County Kerry. I thought the same thing myself. Stephen says, is it my imagination or not? But have met Aaron decided on a new policy? Because never before have I seen so much coverage given to a store that they knew was never going to impact Dublin. And I thought the very same thing myself. That's from Stephen in County Kerry. I, I, we actually commented on that at home because normally when there's something going on that affects Dublin, all the national media is all about it and it's doom and gloom regardless of what's going on around the country. But for a storm that they knew was never going to affect Dublin, I did think the very same thing. I thought the very, very same thing. Only time will tell, Stephen, because they have come in for a lot of criticism for always only highlighting uh, Dublin. I remember back when one of the big snows back before when local radio was only really starting back in the, the 80s. It was at 86, it was a really big big snow. Uh, and I remember waking up one morning and, you know, hearing the radio and hearing them saying from Dublin that all the roads were clear and everything was fine because the nice dual carriageway was clear and the snow had disappeared. And at the time I was living in, in Clamell and Tipperary and we were snowed in. You couldn't get in or out of the valley. Like, we were so snowed in and were for probably about another week after it. But just because it had cleared in Dublin, they assumed the rest of the country was the same and there's always been that criticism. But there definitely was with Storm Lorenzo a feeling that they were giving coverage to the rest of the country instead. So let's hope that continues. 1850 333 103 Nor Lyric C. Sims and Astorot, August E. in Aposta O. Ba E. on Skinon Atonement, on Kate Skinon Arena Sirsa, August Baguina Dena Hastori is Oga Reeve E. con Anvahu con Oscar Agnohu Dun Skinon U. Radom Skinon Yukta is Telefisha Naharan, er Sirsa Gavila Sahinjo, nor Glaxi role on Prief Carter to Skinon Hannah. Bolig si se gradam ella da hashwart 
Fiskinon, Brooklyn, August Talk, Lew August Call, or Hainish, Mar Astro, Moor Lerum. Dane and Searsha, Alon Ober Yonok, Dun Karnacht, ISPCC, August Larine Chi, Er Son Gorilta. Le Blura Gwelga, Is Misha Abi Nivinicon, Gwelskul Tomas Savish Mal. CKD as a three Kirkig. Today is D-Day for the just over 64,000 students who sat their junior certificate back in June. For the first time, there has been a over two-week delay in the release of the junior certificate uh, results. And also for the first time, the results are being released on a Friday. Hopefully the news is good for all of the young students here in Cork City and County. So how will these young people celebrate? Well, offering advice, CEO Drinkaware, uh, Sheena Horgan. Good morning to you, Sheena. Good morning. Uh, You're welcome. Now, these students are all under the age of 18, so legally they shouldn't be drinking. But in reality, uh, some will access and probably a lot will access access, uh, alcohol. What's your advice to the parents of these students? So you're absolutely right there. Sometimes law doesn't necessarily translate into real life and practical terms. But what we're saying to parents is that, you know, the law is still the law. So it is illegal, particularly for parents, if they're thinking about supplying alcohol. And I think that is a really important point around junior service results is not just parents, but say close relatives um, like older siblings who might think tonight, okay, I'm going to get my younger sibling or my child um, a few drinks that they can celebrate with their friends or indeed buy for um, their child's friends. And actually, you know, not only is that illegal, it's also putting these young people at such great risks, not only in the short term, as in, you know, vulnerable situations. We all know as adults what happens when you drink alcohol, your judgment is impaired. You can act out of character, say things you don't mean and, you know, generally get into unsafe situations. So all of this is, you know, amplified for young people who might not necessarily have developed the skills at this young age to deal with the impacts of alcohol. But also because are, are the junior set results, is, is that often the first time that young people will try out alcohol? It tends to be. That's what we hear from parents at our workshops across the country. It tends to be junior set results is the first time when young people might think about, you know, conversations amongst their friends might come up about alcohol, but also um, from a parent's point of view, it might, it generally tends to be the first time the parents go, okay, this is going to be, this might become an issue now over the next few years, but this is the starting point. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we have seen over the years, thankfully last year there was a huge decrease, which was very welcome, but we have seen over the years media reports the day after Junior Third results Night where, you know, we, we do see pictures of young people in very vulnerable situations. And, you know, all credit to Angarda Shiakana for the work that they do in cities and towns across the country to make sure that these young people get home safe. But we would just say, you know, parents do have obviously a unique and crucial role to play here. But in terms of safety, we would always encourage parents to talk to their young people before they head out. And one of the most important things I think to get across is that to make sure that their children you know, don't feel they need to hide if they have drunk alcohol or if they're in an unsafe or if they feel unsafe or unwell or if one of their friends may be unwell is to text or call without fear of reproach, so to speak, because at the end of the day, we want all of our young people who are celebrating tonight to get home safely. Um, but, but Sheena, parents who do allow their children to have a drink or two at home in a controlled environment, believing that, will it, that it educates teenagers about alcohol, is that the right or the wrong thing to do? 
So, you know, the thing is, again, we're talking about reality and, you know, practice. It is this grow. There is this growing trend for Irish parents to supply alcohol at home for their young people. And, you know, what we hear from parents is the belief, just like you say there, it's a safe environment. It's a controlled environment so they can keep an eye on them. But the reality is that the evidence just doesn't support this. The fact is the earlier alcohol is introduced and it really doesn't matter who is supplying it or where they get it from. The earlier alcohol is introduced the more um, long-term impacts that young person may face. Alcohol-related harms, you know, can extend, you know, from the immediate right into the future. And one of the crucial things for these young people who are only, you know, 15, maximum 16 years old, so still very young and at very transformative and formative ages, is brain, the brain development. So Mm -hmm. the brain continues to develop throughout the teenage years, long beyond junior and leaving search, but right into the mid-20s. So when you introduce alcohol early, the earlier you introduce it, it can impact on long-term brain development and function. And if we think of these teenagers, school is obviously of paramount importance to them. And the areas of the brain that are actually impacted directly by alcohol at this age are areas that are so important for school, like concentration and learning and memory. So, you know, these are all really important things for parents to become aware of that they can then, you know, talk about them with their young people just to go, because, of course, we don't want parents to go down the route of a don't do that approach. Mm. You know, it's more about the don't do it, but here's the why, you know. And once you can talk about that openly, and especially around rules and everything, here's the why I would rather you didn't drink alcohol. You know, it's your safety, it's your health, I'm looking out for you. This open dialogue really will encourage a more open and honest relationship um, with young people and their parents. Okay, but the uh, but this the why and this is why you should do it coming from parents. They need to be role models. I mean, if they're the same parents who are knocking back a lot of drink at home, that's what the children are seeing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, parents are the primary influencer for the child's attitudes and behaviours towards most things in life, but especially around issues like alcohol. And as we know, you know, our research shows a very complacent, complicit um, attitude towards binge drinking and excessive drinking in Ireland among Irish adults. And what we always try and say to parents is that, um, you know, at home, be so mindful about the messages that you uh, display around alcohol. So, for example, I think this might resonate with a lot of your listeners is if you have a bad day at work, you come home, you say, oh my gosh, I need a glass of wine or I need a drink. Think about the messages that that's sending to your child. You're kind of saying that the answer to my problems and what will help me solve my problems is a drink, is alcohol. So, you know, our research did find that, you know, like we were saying about parental supply of alcohol there, um, just alongside the role modelling is almost one in three Irish adults were first given um, an alcoholic drink by their parents Mm. um, or close relatives. So, you know, in terms of role modelling and acting as the most positive role model, it really is crucial that parents are really proactive in, you know, being more mindful about the messages that they send. And I think going back to basics, which is understanding their own drinking habits. And at Drink Aware, this is one of the primary things we do is we encourage people to understand in a very kind of easy to understand way about standard drinks and the low risk guidelines. And, you know, they're just simple, very basic facts about alcohol. But if we don't know those facts as parents, we won't be able to know what, you know, an unhealthy attitude is or unhealthy behaviours or if that's having a long-term impact. So again, these are all just subtle things that parents can do 
um, you know, we have a hub on our website, drinkaware.ie, for parents with this information. And it's just about kind of going back to basics and going, okay, if I have a glass of wine with dinner every night, what does that say to my child? And, you know, simple things like that, like changing your mindset in those ways will, you know, lead to... More lead, lead by example. All right. And listen, my apologies. I, re- I realised I introduced you as uh, Sheena Horgan, but you're Miriam Tabor with, with Drink Aware. Yes. Sorry, yes, my apologies okay. on Not that. At all. Thank you, Miriam. A pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the programme. Uh, good morning to you. That is Miriam Tabor, who joins us from uh, Drink Aware, 1850 Nick Richards, weekday afternoons from 1. C103. I'm at the finish line of the Women's Mini Marathon with Rita. How was it for you? It was great, yeah. It was great, yeah. I amazed myself. I'm quicker than I actually thought I would do. So you'll be back next year to do it again? I will, and I bring my daughter and more friends as well. Yeah. You'll be even faster next year. Even faster, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> What's the plan for the rest of the afternoon? Actually go home and uh, get lunches ready for school. <laughs> you never stop being a mum, do you? No, never. No, that's Weekday it. afternoons from 1. C103. C103 is online everywhere. We'll keep you up to date with everything happening across Cork. Follow us on Facebook. Simply search for C103. Join us on Twitter. Search for our handle at C103 Cork. And for photos and vids, find us on Instagram at C103 Cork. Connect with us on social today at C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. Now Leah Corkery from Hahn is once again heading to South Africa as part of the Nile Mellon Educate Building Blitz. And this year, she's decided to bring as many teddy bears and dolls as she can with her to give to the young children that she will meet. I'm delighted to say Leah uh, once again joins me in studio. Good morning to you, Leah. Good morning. And you very much have been a victim of your own success here uh, because you're oversupplied in teddy bears. So I suppose just um, tell me where the idea for the teddy bears came from first. So last year, um, when I went on my second building blitz, I brought out a couple of hundred teddies just to give them to the children in the school. But I didn't have enough for any everyone in the school. So oh, and that year, was hard then to look at the kids that you're not able to give a teddy bear to. Yeah, because they're all kind of like fighting over them and some were upset that they didn't get them because, you know, they have nothing over there. So yeah. I said that I'd this year I'd put out a plea looking for 2,000 as there's 2,000 children in the school. And okay. It went to bits. Mad. So, so, and so the two thousand. How are you getting the two thousand teddy bears out? Um, the airline that we're flying with are bringing over the two thousand. They've made provisions to bring over the two thousand teddy bears. Okay, but you're now caught with how many? How many teddy bears do you have? Nearly up at ten thousand. <laughs> and obviously, if you could get the ten thousand, you would be able to find children for those teddy bears in South Africa? Yeah, all the schools we've worked in in the last few days, we or in the last few years, we'd just be bringing them back to those schools. Oh. And the Project Mellon Educate is tied in with a load of schools, so there'll be homes for all those teddies. And these are, these are children that have nothing? Nothing, no, they don't have anything. They barely have shoes on their feet. So this would be probably a first teddy bear, would it be for many? Yeah, really, it would be, yeah. Goodness me. And you got a massive reaction. Yeah, I went. I put. I just put out a plea on Facebook, and it just went a bit viral. Yeah, and from there on, we started getting hundreds and thousands of teddies. And you got reaction from obviously outside of the area and outside of the country. Oh uh, yeah, all over the country, all the way from Australia, Belgium, 
and every county in Ireland. That's great. It's great. <laughs> so now you're looking for anybody who can help you with the shipping of those teddy bears. Yeah, we see we do have provisions for the 2000, but we can't get out the rest of them yeah. as we like it will cost a lot of money to bring them out. It could be a couple of thousand, but we're just looking for someone who would be going over to South Africa on a regular basis to maybe help us out. Somebody that sends a truck over would, would have a space in the back of a truck, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or if there's some wealthy person listening that might like to fund the shipment of them, the entire shipment of them, we would willingly yeah, would talk brilliant. to somebody who would be willing to do that. Now, the actual trip itself, the Nile Mellon uh, Educate Building Blitz. Take me back, Leah, as to why and how you first went. Well, I first started as my dad and my uncle John started going and it was always just one thing I'd love to do was go out and help people because the vibe you get off it is just phenomenal. What's it like? Describe, describe what, it, what a typical trip is like. I don't think you can really describe it in words because it's just so amazing. I think you just have to be there and just seeing that they have nothing compared to what we have at home. It's just mad. And what do you do when you're over there? Um, we build... To, we build loads of classrooms, we build and renovate schools over in South Africa. And the difference you can see? Oh, they have nothing comparing to us. Even their schools, like, they don't have boards or anything. They're, they have barely anything. Like, we supply all their books and everything. Yeah. Like, Mellon Educate, the project, it's just the amount of work that they're doing out there. They don't get enough credit for what they're they doing. They do. They do fantastic work. And of course, it's backed up by the likes of volunteers like yourself and, and the rest of the crew. Roughly how many will go on the November trip? There's 300 of us going this year. And you literally work from the minute you land. Yeah, it's you like drop It's, it's not a holiday. No, not no. a holiday at all. You are just drop your bags, like off the plane, drop your bags and straight on site. And like nobody has a problem with going on site. Everyone just wants to get down and do the work. And they would be all different trades, obviously, the people travelling. Yeah, there's some people that have no trades. You don't need a trade. I mean, obviously, you are not a brickie. No. <laughs> You're a gorgeous young young lady. So what do you do? Um, I'm, I'm the youth liaison for the charity. So okay. I just make sure that all the youth are OK and that all their jobs are sorted out properly. And, and what kind of jobs do the young people do? They be doing everything. Everybody does everything. Like, you know, you have chain gangs and passing. You could have a couple of thousand bricks that have to go onto the roof. Um, and they literally are pass, pass person pass, to person. Yeah, nothing. There's no machinery over there. Everything's done by weather hand. at that time of the year in South Africa. It would be warm, but always every year it rains one day. It? Yeah, it's like that's because the Irish have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> they know. They, but that doesn't stop you working. No, everything. No. It's. No. Everyone keeps working. And you fundraise, that's all part of it. You fundraise to cover all the cost of the trip, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 4,000. Which goes towards covering your flights, flights and all accommodation that. and the materials. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it is a wonderful, wonderful charity. And are, ha, have you stopped collecting teddy bears now? I'm not going to stop. I'm going okay. to keep collecting them, but okay. it's just how we're going to get out, the, how okay. we're going to get them out there is the main thing. Did I read somewhere that you're collecting today? 
Yeah, I'm collecting in Mallow today at two to three outside St. Mary's Church. Yeah, so you'll just be standing there. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who's got any spare, I mean, obviously clean teddy bears. They don't have to be new. Yeah. You're looking for much loved teddy bears, but make sure they're clean. Bear, you know, thinking of the children that are going to receive them. Yeah, reasonable quality. Yeah. But the teddies we have got, they've all been immaculate. Have they? Yeah, some are, are new. They still have tags and everything on yeah. them. But they're in very good quality. Yeah, I think, you know, any family listening that has children go into the playroom and look. Teddy bears, unless it's a much loved teddy bear that a child sleeps with all of the time. You have a tendency to give a teddy bear and the child will play with it for a little while and then it's left in the corner or it's on a shelf. The most it might be is knock the dust off it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you're 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 fantastic. Uh, Leah, what are you up to yourself? Um, I'm doing social studies in Maddow College now at the moment. Okay. And my college are giving me a lot of help as well. They're doing their own collection inside there as well. Are they? And all the schools in the local area. So I couldn't have done it without them. And the the course is going well? Yeah, I love it. Is that a two year, one year, two year? Uh, Two. Two year? Yeah. Two year, okay. And then the idea is to go on and do social work. Be, yeah. be a social worker yeah <laughs> alright listen have a fantastic trip to uh, South Africa and uh, keep in contact with us if there's anything else we can do for you but today outside St Mary's Church 2 to 3 if anybody's a teddy bear or a doll did I see you collecting yeah, for teddy the little bears girls or dolls. there's little girls out there so. alright listen thanks for joining us in studio good morning to you that is uh, Leah Corkery in advance of her trip to South Africa with the Nile Men and Educate Building Blitz collecting teddies today if you want to help out John Paul is taking your calls. We're heading towards news at uh, 11. In the next hour, we're going to hear about this new bus service for West Cork, which is going to reduce the cost of commuting for people in that area. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you The Arts House. Every Sunday on C103. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into The Arts House. Sunday mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On C103 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed Still getting in calls and uh, complaints from people over storm Lorenzo and people saying there was so much hype about it and it was nothing like we were expecting and did they get it wrong and why was there so much hype and John in Dunmanway is being a bit of a conspiracy theorist and he is wondering all the hype about Storm Lorenzo was it done to push the case for climate change were they making a big deal out of it was it really as bad as it was expected to be with all of the modern technology surely they would have been able to have predicted that it wasn't going to be as bad as they thought. I mean yesterday we were talking about and the meteorologists were telling us that they were expecting storm force 11 gusts possible which obviously didn't happen. John and we said he spent the day before bolting down everything no need for it, it at all he said to be honest it was windy yesterday but it was more just like a blustery day. They didn't see any any signs of uh, an ex-tropical storm or anything anyway looking like a major storm. 
He's wondering is there an agenda uh, behind the warnings? Well, I suppose the one thing that they had been they've been tracking Lorenzo all I mean um, it started out from the United States the National Hurricane Centre because they were the first to be track uh, Lorenzo and they had never seen a storm of this magnitude come so far north and they're saying that's directly related to climate change because the seas are getting warmer. They knew that it was an ex-hurricane. They knew then it was an extra-tropical storm. Then I think it was downgraded to a tropical storm. And in fairness to the experts and the meteorologists at Met Aram, they did, you know, they, they constantly, they kept saying it could change direction, it could weaken it. And then as it was weakening, they said it had weakened. And I mean, yesterday, was it while we were on air, they downgraded the status completely. I mean, at one stage we were at an orange warning, then we went down to a yellow, then they even removed the yellow warning, I think just shortly after we went off air. So they were trying to keep people updated because they do have fantastic uh, technology, but this is mother nature. You never really know what way is it going to go. But anyway, John reckons a lot of hype generated around it and he reckons the hype, his theory is, it's, it's to try to promote and push for the whole climate change agenda. I don't know if I would be agreeing with you on that one, John, but thank you for your opinion. But if they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they don't give out the warnings and then something happens, it'll all be why weren't we to be warned. But the, the danger because of climate change, regardless of how you feel, John, about climate change, we are going to see a lot more of these storms. So we do very much need to uh, prepare for them. We don't have any choice around that. I mean, everybody accepts we're going to see more. I mean, the very fact that this hurricane came so far north, all of the experts saying that's as a direct result of climate change. And John was on uh, to say he thinks during storm, when they issue a warning, when Met Aaron say that it's a yellow weather warning, an orange weather warning, or God forbid, a red weather warning, John feels if a lifeboat or the Coast Guard has to be tasked or any of the other emergency services is tasked to go out to save people who've been told not to go out, but they decide to ignore all the warnings and go out anyway. John feels that those people should be fined. They should be named and shamed because the volunteers are going uh, out there, volunteers who have their own families and they're putting their lives at risk. And it's all down to stupidity for people who go out when they're told to stay indoors and it's been going on long enough and something needs to be done about it. Well, you're not on your own uh, with that view, John, because there was a number of texts in this morning from people on that view saying, let me see if I can find some of them here. Anne says, Patricia, did you see the swimmers and the surfers on the news last night up in Galway and in Kerry? They should be made paid or be fined for calling out and putting emergency services in danger, such as the Coast Guard. They are a disgrace and they are foolish, says Anne. And somebody else making the very same point. Did you see the report from Galway on the news at six o'clock yesterday? Huge swell in the sea. There you go. Three people bobbing around in the water going for a swim. They, if they got into trouble, they'd expect the emergency services to say to save them. They, they should be fined for their stupidity, says uh, somebody else. I think a lot of people um, on that view, which you're always going to get. What do they see themselves as thrill seekers almost? And we have been mentioning in the weather forecast today that there are still high winds for this morning. And somebody, while everybody else is saying, ah, should this, well, where was the storm? That was no storm. Someone was on to us in the last hour to say, and I don't know if it's the same now, an hour later, out here in Lyre in Bantir, which is, it's a pretty high up area. It's now we have the storm. It's desperate here. 
at the moment, says the text. So there's no name on that and that came in in the last hour. And then Noel said, what about the storm in February of 2014? That did a huge amount of damage locally. I do think, says Noel, that they overreacted this time. And the sto- that storm that you're talking about in February 14th, we hadn't been given... Had we been given the advance warning? I don't think we had because the reason I remember that storm so clearly was the following day I had to travel over to Bristol on a flight out of Cork Airport for a funeral. A family member of ours had passed away and the funeral was on that weekend. So I had to travel the next day and I remember with other family members, packed car driving up to Cork Airport out of North Cork and my God it was like Armageddon the road the main Mallow to Cork road with the amount of trees that were down it was incredible and the backlog of traffic and we, we barely made the flight thankfully we, we did but yeah I don't know if there was was that hyped up were we were we talking about that as much as we were talking about this one but it's just you know there's this sense that people today <laughs> And I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong when I'm saying this, but judging by some of the calls and the texts that we're getting in, it's almost like people are a bit disappointed that we didn't get a major storm on the scale that had been forecast. Uh, somebody says, what would John have, this is John who was giving out, saying that it was all too much hype. What would John have to say if uh, it did blow away everything he had? This was John who was complaining he'd bolted down everything for no reason. If they hadn't issued warnings and then there was a major storm, he would, would John be giving a different point of view today. That's from uh, Doni. And John in Clannacilty says, Patricia, on the storm Lorenzo and it not coming, not, we didn't get a great storm as people thought we were going to get. Do people want to be out today fixing roofs and sheds and trees down and no power? No, thank you, says John. Forget it. Past tense, says John. And he is one happy camper that we didn't get a major storm and I think there will be a lot of people particularly those that live in areas that have flooded in the past are those that have lived in lived through bad storms where there has been damage done to their property and then the picking up the pieces the next day is incredible indeed so thank you some of your thoughts and comments coming in on Storm Lorenzo the storm that really uh, wasn't uh, as bad a storm as had been predicted Pat says Hi Patricia by text to 0862 103 103 I'm inquiring please and could you put this out to your listeners looking for some advice what is the softest type of mattress you can get some of your listeners may be able to help out on this one please the softest type of mattress now people are different about their mattress there are some people like a really good hard solid mattress that it's almost like sleeping on the floor you know it's that really strong mattress uh, and others then like I take it our past like wants a really soft snuggly mattress that you'll fall into and it'll almost wrap you up in it so has anybody recently bought a mattress are, it, are there any shops listening that supply and sell mattresses that can give advice to Pat. What is he looking for? Where should he be going? What should he be asking for? But it is a soft, the softest type of mattress 
known to man. If anyone can help with advice on that, please 1850-333-103. Bus Aaron was on, by the way, to say that all services are running to Galway are now running as normal this morning because I think with the storm yesterday there were some of them cancelled but they're all running as normal. And a Liscara listener was on. This is to do with the junior results which are out today and I don't know how many of the We haven't had any requests in yet so I don't know if the schools have handed out they might be trying to hold on to the pupils, keep them in school for as long as possible. So I don't know if any of them have come home yet or if they've been given the results or not uh, yet. But I was making the point that the this is the probably the latest we've ever seen the, leave, the, the junior cert results here we are on the 4th of October it's normally given out around the middle of September but this year there was a delay because of the leaving cert results and the extra amount of rechecking on some of the papers so they stopped correcting the junior certs and focused on the leaving certs uh, instead and also made the point that it is the first time ever that the junior cert results have been given out on a Friday and I don't know if that's going to make a difference or not to how young people celebrate. It'll be Monday, I suppose. We'll really know if... Because normally we're back, you know, it's midweek. It's normally a Wednesday and normally on the Thursday morning there'll be newspaper coverage or we'll be talking about it on the radio or people will be ringing in saying they saw young people drunk or there was somebody getting sick somewhere. You know, the complaints will come in the following day. So it'll be Monday before we'll, certainly on this program's point of view, if we, if any of the young people do decide to overindulge, and please God, they won't and that they'll all uh, stay uh, safe. But I was making the point that it's one of the latest we've ever had for the release of the junior cert results. Well, I'm wrong because a Liscaro listener did his junior cert in 1981, which I'm sure in 1981, would it still have been the intercert? I think when the junior cert took over, I'm sure that would have been. Anyway, that same exam. And the results were late that year. It was the, according to this listener, it was the last week in October that they came out. And at the time, people were looking to go to ANCO. Remember ANCO? That was there before FOSS. People went there to do apprenticeships. They used to do a fantastic hairdressing course. I remember that a friend of mine did and went on to be a fantastic hairdresser, had a brilliant career as a hairdresser, all thanks to ANCO. And actually, you're right, she left after her, wasn't the most academic of students, so she left after her intercert at the time and got this apprenticeship in uh, Anko. They did lots of other apprenticeships and then they were replaced by FOSS over the years. But at that stage you needed to have your junior cert or your intercert results in order to get into Anko. So obviously there was a delay. Now I don't know if anybody knows why the the inter-junior cert results in 1981, why the results were delayed until the last week in October. I'll see if I can find out what was the cause of that and do other people remember that? I mean, that would stand out in your mind if you were a student that year. Uh, but they don't know the reason why it was delayed. So this, so going by that inf- piece of information, the results getting released on the 4th of October, it's not the latest in which the results have ever been released before. 1850 333 C103 Jobs. A part-time bar person is required. It's for the Aherla area. While a dispatch supervisor that's required for a fish company. Office person required for part-time work. It's for a North Cork office. Computer skills would be essential. And experienced childminder required for two children. One is one and the other is two. And it's in their own home and it's a Monday to Friday position. You'll find all the details and get more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. 
Connect with C103 on Twitter now. Search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And we have a number of people now texting in, including Martin in from Moy to say, Patricia, I'm delighted that Storm Lorenzo was not as bad as was initially predicted. I'm actually afraid of high winds and anyone who says they weren't concerned about it are only kidding themselves. Maybe they would want to be having a day where they're out fixing things because of damage done by a storm. By the way, Patricia, it's actually very windy still here in Formoy, says uh, Martin. Yeah, and the forecast is for winds in certain areas today. And somebody was on to us from Lyran Bantier, reckoning that they actually have a storm. It's so windy there. Oh, that's the way it was in the last uh, hour. Jackie and Carrigaline says, good morning, Patricia. Will you tell everyone to stop giving out about the storm? Tell them, hang out the washing. There's a grand bit of drying out there today. <laughs> says Jackie in Carrigaline. Thanks for that, uh, Jackie. And someone else says, it really annoys me to hear people cribbing about the storm and saying that Met Aaron and the other meteorologists were overreacting. We should be thankful and blessed that we escaped it all. The Lord has protected us, says this texter. And a final one from Margaret, to, who says, they have to give out those warnings because it could have happened. They were trying to keep all of us safe. That's why they were giving out the warnings. So shame on the, all those who are giving out about the forecasters. They are only doing their job. Yeah, and the meteorologists were always saying things could change and things thankfully did change. 1850 Now Network Ireland West Cork will hold a sleep out in Shirkin tonight. It's in aid of the Cork Simon community with the plan to raise awareness of homelessness in West Cork and to raise much needed funds for Simon. Joining me is Kira Byrne who is president of Network Ireland West Cork. Good morning Shakira. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and you're welcome. Can I say, thank God it's tonight and not last night? <laughs> it's actually tomorrow night, Patricia. Oh, is it? Even, yeah, it even, is. even better. You let all the winds die down. Let, them, let, exactly. let it be a nice, clear night. Now, how many of your members will be taking part tomorrow night? So there are 10 businesswomen taking part, and then we've a crew around us helping us out as well. Now, what is, is the plan? Is it just sleeping bags under the stars? Yeah, it is. It's get out on the ferry at 7 o'clock. Um, we've found a doorway that we're going to sleep in because we didn't want to do it in a field because that's kind of festival We wanted to really show that there is an issue around homelessness um, in Cork and in West Cork. So we're sleeping in the doorway of the community centre and the people of Shirkton are doing a super run to us um, later on in the evening. So it's literally sit around and go to sleep and experience what many, I suppose, thousands of people experience every night. And nothing more than a sleeping bag, some cardboard maybe? Yeah, in fairness, the island um, have been collecting the cardboard to avoid us having to carry it out with us. So they've literally um, dropped the cardboard at the community centre for us to lie down there tomorrow night. There's no moon, so it's going to be quite dark. But you know what? It's, we're privileged to be able to do this. And That's good. But to do it. And fantastic to hear you say you're privileged. That, it's not going to be easy, Kira. No, it's not. Absolutely not. And I think... You know, we knew that signing up and we literally had lots of conversations about it. But Patricia, we get to go home on Sunday yeah. morning. That's the thing. You know, we only have to, we have a timeline. You know, we know that the ten, the 11 o'clock ferry, we're back at home having our cup of coffee, probably a hot bath. 
many people don't get to do that. Yeah, and you can climb into a warm, comfortable bed if you Absolutely. have if you haven't slept um, a wink. Yeah. Do you believe homelessness is an invisible problem in West Cork? I do, I do, because we don't really have the services down there to support it. So many of the homeless people have to travel up to Cork for services. So yeah, there are homeless people, but we don't see them because they're they've gone up to Cork. So I suppose I wanted to do something as in my presidency that would be pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But I really do feel that I'm a very fortunate person. Um, I have a good family, but there go I. But for the grace of God, it could be any one of us on the streets any time if we just got the bad stroke of luck. So you know, I just feel that. I'd like to just shine awareness on it and it's not all about addiction issues it's just life giving me a bad turn and that's really you know why I wanted to tell people in West well done. Cork Well done and you can't I don't think you can come from a town or a village anywhere across County Cork that doesn't have a homeless person who's just as yeah. you say it's we're not seeing them because mm-hmm. they're up in the city because that's where the services um, are uh, mm-hmm. but, it, but it doesn't mean we don't have the problem in the county because we do so you're hoping to raise money how are you doing and how can people donate so basically they will be involved more tomorrow evening people are around with our buckets We've had a number of events. We had a sound bath. We had a coffee morning. We also have our Just Giving page. So if you go on to Network Ireland West Cork, social media, Facebook, you will find the link to the Just Giving page. Contact me. I'm Kira Byrne. I'm all over social media at the moment. Um, and if you know anybody in Network Ireland West Cork, um, just, you know, um, give them the money if you want. It's 100% going to Cork Simon. Tell me a little bit about um, Network Ireland West Cork, Akira, for those that maybe haven't heard of you before. Sure, Network Ireland is uh, an organisation for the professional and personal development of women. And we decided last year that we were sick of travelling up the road to Cork. So we went about setting up a branch in West Cork. And already we're the 15th branch. And already we're probably up to 130 plus members which Fantastic. makes us like third, fourth on the leaderboard of numbers. Well done. Cork, Cork being the largest. I just think it shows the appetite. And what we're all about is getting women together that are in all walks of life that, you know, need somebody else to kind of bounce ideas off. Sometimes in business as a woman, it can be quite lonely. So this is somewhere to go where you can, as we always say, find your tribe. We're very open. We embrace everybody. If we see someone new coming into a meeting, we'll, we'll you know, get them involved. And what we do is we do monthly events. Um, we do, you know, workshops. We do motivational. We do business workshops. And then there's sprinter groups in the different towns. So like Clamacilty, they meet for lunch once a month for all the people that are maybe sole traders and they get together and they bounce ideas off each other. So it's a support network for women in business, really, in essence. I found it fantastic. And all different businesses, all different professions? Yeah, like myself. Now, I run a software company, but we've got people that have, like, Claire, who I just mentioned, she's got a sound bath. You know, you've got people that run shops. My sister-in-law runs designs and skippering. There's, you know, shop owners, beauticians. You've got people in the health industry, people that are employees in large corporations. Everybody is welcome. And people say, oh, God, that wouldn't be for me. It's for everybody. That's it's great. absolutely That's for great. everybody. For yourself included. Uh, you're very kind. You. You're very love kind. And this, this fundraising aspect, is, is have you raised funds before? Is, is that part of it? Is that part of your mission statement? Yeah. 
Yeah, so basically every year we try and do something good for charity. AIB are one of our sponsors, and as you know, they're brilliant for, you know, fundraising. Um, we do this in Kildare. They do an, they do huge events. We had the National we had the National Ireland event. Helen Witcherly had it down in um, Clannock, in Roscarbury last week, and she raised a phenomenal amount of money for the Irish Guide Dogs. So, yeah, it's all about, you know, doing something for the betterment of ourselves and also for the betterment of our community. Well, listen, I think you're a very brave bunch of ladies because it isn't going to be the easiest thing under no. the sun. You know, you could have organised a nice afternoon tea and just oh, invited people awesome. to attend, but you're putting yourselves out there. So so I've made your admiration oh, uh, for you. you. So, uh, and, and I hope it's a dry night. It's the best I think we can wish for you at this time of the year, uh, Kira. Good luck with it. And thanks a million for joining us on the programme. Not at all. And thanks for having us on. Take okay. care now. Bye, 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 bye. Kira Byrne there. Uh, wonderful positivity isn't there coming from here uh, President of Network Ireland West Cork as we wish them the very best of luck with our sleep out on Shirkin tomorrow night my apologies got it wrong in the introduction that was tonight uh, in aid of the Cork Simon community who funny enough we were only talking with earlier on in the week when I had Paul uh, Sheehan on from Cork Simon they in themselves are a wonderful organisation so anything that we can do to help uh, promote their work and to send funding their way only too glad to get involved 1850 103. John Paul taking your course. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Good news for commuters in West Cork with the confirmation that the National Transport Authority has awarded a route licence to Dave Long Coach Travel to operate a new service which will be called West Cork Connect. Damien Long of Dave Long Coach Travel uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Damien. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, I'm I'm very well, and, and you're welcome to the program. Is this the first time a license has been awarded to go head to head with Bus Aaron? Yeah, it's the first time ever. Now, um, it's a very hard license to get, and it's the first time they've ever awarded to anybody in West Cork to to do this. And what prompted you guys to to go for it? I suppose. Look, we saw a big opening in it over the years. Um, we've been in the business since 1969, and we saw a big opening in this years ago. But it was very hard to get a license, but I think what changed what changed things was was companies like Air Coach getting licenses and Cove Connect and Cork getting licenses come from Cove and we saw our opportunity then we said look we'll try and we'll work hard at it and you know it's a long process and it took a while but but last week uh, we finally got confirmation that we were given the license. So what routes will you operate and how will your fares compare to Bus Aaron's fares? Uh, so like uh, as I've said already as well before we'll start like we're starting slow and steady because look this is a big undertaking and we're taking on a state body as well with this so we have to be careful but we're going to start uh, with Skibbereen first in December from Skibbereen to Cork collecting in every West Cork town on the way up um, we'll do we're going to start as well with, with two different times on the way up we do a quarter past six in the morning out of Cork arriving in out of Skibbereen sorry arriving in Cork City at about quarter to eight and we do a quarter past twelve out of Skibbereen as well Right, um, up to Cork City and then the return back down is we do a 10.30 from Cork City back to all West Cork towns and we do um, a 5.30 from Cork City back down to all 
Okay, that, that's good. They, they cover the full working day. Yeah, it covers the working day. And that, yeah. look, that's what it's about because I suppose the service at the moment is very expensive for someone, if for a college student going to college or for someone going working every day in Cork. It's very, um, very expensive to do so in the week. It's, it's 32 euros at the moment to travel with us Aaron up and down to the, to the city from Skibbereen alone. So, and what do you hope uh, to do it for? Uh, we're going to be, it's 18 euros return online. Uh, 19 euros if you buy it on the, on, on the side of the road but it's 18 euros for an adult online and 14 euros for a student online But at the, the end at the end of the day it's you, it's a business you, you have to make it financially viable so now oh, yeah. it's going to be up to people to use it Yeah we'd be hoping now to get the support from, from the people of West Cork Look I mean we've got we've got a huge response to this it's, it's been massive I didn't expect anything like it um, even on Facebook there I think like we had over a thousand likes in, 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 in 24 hours from people and a lot of comments from people saying this is what we wanted for years and glad to see it coming in. So I think it's what the people want, to be honest with you. Now somebody wants and to know, will it link up with the air coach and the City Link services? Yes, yeah, that's, the, that's the whole idea of, the, of getting to Cork in the morning for quarter to eight. Air coach leaves for Dublin City or Dublin Airport at eight o'clock. Perfect, so, and you, um, you'll get in 15 minutes before it. Yeah, and our bus stop is right behind them as well. Oh, so they, won't even no have, they don't no, even have far to walk. No, jump off one and straight on to the other and that's, that's, that's the great thing about this. And the so, other big big question we're getting in is about the free travel. Can you can you offer the free travel? Uh, yeah, we hope to be able to offer the free travel within a couple of months. Okay. Um, we've, we've, we've put our questions in to, um, to the department about it. It will happen. Um, it's just that we have to wait. I think, look, we have to, we have to prove the service first. Yeah. Something that hasn't been done. Uh, we have to prove it. Look, we know we'll prove it. If we, if we take this slow and steady, we'll prove it, no problem at all. And I think, uh, look, West Cork is hugely populated. Um, kind of Kilty, Bandless, Kibreen. Look, the people living there and that are commuting to Cork every day is massive. And look, it's, maybe it'll take a couple of cars off the road. We, we normally say one bus takes about 25 cars off the road every day. So I think it's going to make a big difference to West Cork. Well, yeah, and actually just on the free travel, because I'm constantly saying this to people, when when people get on bus Aaron with their free travel or they get on, on the train, bus Aaron and Irish Rail still get paid by the Department of Social Protection. So it's not the they, case that, you know, they don't get paid for those seats. They do. You still get paid. It, so it's just... Yeah. Um, I think it's. I think you get. Um, I think it's get subsidised. They don't yeah, probably get yeah. the full. They don't probably get the full rate, but they do. But they get do get subsidized. paid. They they do get paid. Yeah. And the is. other the other thing we did the, this program from Fields and Skibberina a few weeks ago for the West Cork Food Festival. Yes. I, I myself and John Paul were travelling down together, and I just could not get over the number of cars coming out of West Cork heading into the it's, city. So I mean, they're they're there. Yeah, yeah, there's it, definitely it, there's definitely a market there for people to get them out of the cars and they're re- much more relaxed heading up on a bus. Yeah, and I think, look, people are saying to us, look, God, you're going to affect the service of bus here in big time. I genuinely don't think we will. I think what we're going to take are the people who are not using the service already to go to work because it's too expensive. I think it's the people who've never used the bus before to go to Cork are going to say, look, this is only 18 euros and we're going to have a weekly ticket as well for people who are going to work every week and they're going to say, look, leave the car at home. Let's jump on board the bus and get up to Cork, maybe do a bit of work on board going up and do a bit of work coming home and, and have the rest of the evening to themselves. And I think that's, that's our aim anyway is to get those people who are not travelling already 
to maybe start using this style of service. Yeah, and they'll get cars off the road. Let me bring in uh, West Cork Fine Gael, uh, Senator Tim Lombard. Stay there, Damien. I want to bring in uh, Tim Lombard because we have... Uh, good morning to you, Tim. Good morning. Uh, we've spoken about this very issue on this programme. You've been urging a reduction in, in bus fares for quite some time. This really is a good news story for commuters in West Cork, isn't it? Yeah, it's a game changer, really. You know, the price of buses in West Cork is the highest bus, is the highest in Ireland. Um, to pay 32 euros from Skibbereen or 39 euros from Castown Bear. Like, these are extraordinary prices that are unaffordable for most people. And because of that, people weren't using the service. And like what Damien's done here is the prime example of looking at an opportunity, getting the licence, and now putting an affordable service on board. And I'm sure he'll do very well. Um, he's a great guy, and a great name in the business. So this is what we've been looking for. And I'd be hoping this will be the catalyst now for Bus Aaron to react. Like, Bus Aaron need to come back into this space. Like, they're, what, nearly 40% away, or 40% dearer now than a private operator. I'd be hoping that they'll come back into this field and change the prices, because at the moment, it's totally unaffordable. Yeah, and we just, as Damien says, we do, we need to start encouraging people. It's not about taking passengers and bus errand. It's about encouraging all of those people that I passed as I was driving down to Skibbereen, all those people coming against me in their own cars. And, and I looked at some of the cars. In some cases, it was just one person sitting in the, in the car. We could get so many of those cars off the road and get them onto Damien's bus. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was in a different space. Carbon is a huge issue in our society at the moment. We have a new approach when it comes to climate change and people using public transport, whether it's urban or rural, is something that we have to promote. But the big cost here is affordability. Now we're addressing the affordability issue. And I think that's a really positive step. And we need to build on this. And look, Damien's working from Skibbereen now from December and hopefully Bantry in the start of the new year. That's the kind of service we need. And if we can build on that, we surely will hopefully get more people off the roads, more people into buses. And as Damien rightly said, it's a quality of life issue too. When you have a cheap, reliable form of transportation, you can do your little bits in the bus. And then hopefully the rest of the day off, you know. And that's the kind of thing that we need to be working towards. Okay, so Damien, December you're hoping to have the Skibbereen one up and running and then expand further in the new year? Yeah, December. December is the is the first one to start in Skibbereen. Uh, in late January, early February, we'll start our bantry to, uh, to Cork service. And uh, these services then... At the start, as I say, Skibbereen is just straight to Cork City, collecting all the West Cork towns. When Bantry comes in, we'll be providing a service that will go past Cork Airport and around it and down into the train station as well. So it will also provide people in West Cork a service to go uh, from West Cork direct to the to the airport or directly down to the train station as well. So um just covers all the people working and there's people going out on early flights in the morning as well. And, you know, once we have the buses kitted out with Wi-Fi and phone chargers and USB chargers on board, that's that's going to give the, the working person as well a great opportunity to um, to get work done on board and, and get more done in the day and be able to concentrate on that and leave the car at home. And I think for the college students, look, you know yourself, you've covered it a good few times in the show. It's so expensive for college students to live in the city. It's, it's crazy prices. And like we're hoping that we can get the college students to commute. We'll have a pickup in Western Road um, as well on the way in and the way out. So it's going to lead, you know, it's going to be good for the students of, of, of UCC and CIT. Um, even people in around Wilton and, and the hospital and stuff there, even just be able to use the service up and down. Well, the well I can straight away see some questions coming in. Could you ask uh, the, the bus company, please, will they have a facility for a hospital stop? I'm assuming they mean CUH. 
yeah, that's it. That that stop is on on route as well. Brilliant, stop, brilliant. Western Road, South Mall, as well. So. Yeah, because yeah, somebody says, well, and this is another texter says, this is fantastic news. Uh, I travelled up and down from Skibbereen to the hospital in Cork and it was just so expensive. Well done to uh, Damien. So it looks like there is a lot of interest in the in the area. And it's, it's a, the, Dave, it was, is Dave Long, was, is your dad? Yeah, uh, yeah, my dad was Dave Long. My, my, my father and mother started the uh, bus company Back in 1969, like so, and... Uh, different era. Different era, different times. They actually ran a service to Baltimore in the early days. From Skibbereen down to Baltimore when the train finished. My, um, my, my mother used to take the, the post down every morning to Baltimore and bread and papers down for the islands. And, and unfortunately, that time, we got kind of shoved out of our licence bus here and came in and they were given the licence at the time and they do the service up and down now. But you know what? We hope to expand in the future. There's a big opening to a lot of these places, to Baltimore... Uh, to different places like that, but you know, if we take, if again, I said, if we take this slow and steady, I think there's a huge opportunity in West Cork. And look, this is happening in Dublin already. There's companies, private companies, Swords Connect are huge now, bringing a service in from Swords every day into the city that was never done before. Aircoach coming from the airport into the city, um, you know, Ashburn Link. It's happening all over Dublin. It's and 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 that's where we saw a lot of this happening first and now Cork is coming strong at this and Cork is going to be a huge city in, in, in time to come and you'll see the lads in Cove Connect have an excellent service they coming do, in yeah. old Cove every day yeah. for the people I mean I stood on Alfred Street because we do a lot of events um, we, we started a company two years ago called, called, called Travel Master taking people up and down to Dublin direct and um, this is where we got the licences first day and you know, in our first year, we took 5,000 people to it. We did it slow and steady, but this year we've over 50,000 people going up and down every day, to up and down every month to different concerts and events around Ireland. And when I'm in Alfred Street loading, the amount of people coming in and out in that Cove Connect that never had that opportunity before, or the service wasn't there. And we hope to do the same thing. We hope to replicate what they do, and we'll do it from West Cork and, 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 and get the people into the city. Yeah, and use it or lose it, folks. Get on the bus. And, Listen, and we'll... again, in the, in the summertime as well, just to tell you there as well, look... West Cork, um, I believe, maybe I'm biased, I believe West Cork has way more to offer than your Ring of Kerry or anything like that. Look, we have Mizzen Head, we've got fantastic tours now with the Fast and the Rockets. I saw in Baltimore all summer, they were crazy busy with it. The people just want to go out there and see it. And we hope to do the opposite in the summertime where we're bringing the people that are coming off trains and planes and everything into the city centre and bring them all down to West Cork leave them see what we have. We, yeah, we, and we, get, them, get, them out, get them out of cars and let them enjoy it by going on the bus. That's it. That's yeah. it. Take their head out of the phone while they're sitting in the back of the seat <laughs> and look out the window and see what we have. Listen, we'll keep in contact with you, Damien. Good luck with it and thanks a million for thanks joining us. Um, Tim, uh, just before we let you go, I, I saw you raise the potential inclusion of Union Hall in the Wild Atlantic Way yesterday in the Senate. Did you, get any, did you get any positive reaction back? Yeah, there's been a proposal to include both um, the Seven Nettle Peninsula and Newman Hall in the, in the Wild Atlantic Way, and it's going through a process, and I was trying to work out where we were with the process. So at the moment, what they've done is they've put together draft proposals, and this week they've gone to local authorities to actually get their opinion on it. So it's also the infrastructure of the road, with the roads being able to take the extra traffic. If there's pinch points, what can be done? So there's going to be conversations between both the local authority and, and Fault Ireland in the next few weeks regarding where these actual pinch points will be in the road. So I'm happy enough that after moving another step towards getting Union Hall included, I can say if Union Hall will be included, but at least it's going through that process. And and do you think as an area it's missed out because it isn't on the Wild Atlantic Way? Yeah, I yeah. think, look, it's 
I'd like wildland to wait definitely, but we've seen it in Cope McSherry this year, like Cope McSherry is included in the wildland degree. It does have that benefit having signs and everything following it. People do follow the actual markings on the road and the signs for the wildland degree. So it's important that both the Seven Heads Peninsula and the actual Union uh, Hall area get a fair shot. I'm hoping that engagement between the local authority and uh, Falls Ireland will go well and both these areas will be looked at positively and hopefully included. Okay, all right, we'll leave it there, Tim. Listen, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you, Robert. Good morning Bye. to you. That is West Cork, Finnegan Senator Tim Lambert. And somebody said, have you a number, please, for that coach company? I have. The coach company is called Dave Long Coach Travel. Uh, 028 21138. Earlier this morning I read out a text from a listener who was looking for advice on where they could get the softest type of mattress. Well Pat O'Hara from Pat O'Hara Videos has been on to say Patricia if that person contacts Trina a Dan Joe Fitzgerald's in Mallow. She will be the person to give the best advice on mattresses. So I'm assuming that Trina is an expert on mattresses working out of Dan Joe Fitzgerald's furniture store in Mallow. Thank you for that, Pat. And hopefully that will be of help to the person who's looking for a very, very, even though a very soft mattress, they say, is not the best for your back. I just feel I need to throw that in. They say a good hard bed. It's meant to be better if you're suffering back issues. But yeah, do you love the idea of big grandma's feather bed and flopping into it? OK, we need to take a break. I will catch up a lot of your calls and comments coming into the programme throughout the morning. We'll bring them to you, into you uh, in the next hour. And also, we'll go to the movies with uh, Mark Malone after half past 12. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Marion and Clonacilty was on to us. She is having a problem sending SMS text messages from her air mobile phone. Now she said it happened, this is only, the situation has only arisen this week and she's wondering anybody else having the same problems and in the meantime we've contacted Air on Marion's behalf to see if we can uh, speed up and get a, a solution as to what's going on. But just let's put it out there, anybody else in the Clonakilty General West Cork area or indeed anywhere across Cork City and County, anybody having problems sending uh, it, the fact she just says sending, I'm assuming she's receiving the text messages, she's just not able to send one, which is a bit frustrating on an air mobile phone. If anybody can offer Marion advice as to what's going on there and if we hear back from air before one, we'll let you know, 1850-333-103. And when we're looking for a soft mattress for one of our listeners, uh, Phil, Healy, Phil Healy Furniture Store in, oh, that's the wonderful furniture store on Main Street in Bottevant. Uh, somebody sent in a text saying they are very good with advice on the correct mattress to use. So you should actually be getting advice when you're going to get your mattress. So there's another. I said, I don't know where the original text came from. So I don't know if they're in the North Cork, West Cork, East Cork, if they're in the city or not. But if the person's in, certainly in the North Cork area they've, the advice coming in is for Danjo Fitzgerald's furniture store in Mallow and Phil Healy's furniture store in Bottevant. But remember, it's a soft mattress is what the person is looking for and they're wondering is are there particular soft mattresses on the market? Has anybody gone out lately and bought a mattress that's particularly soft? 
uh, that you could recommend. And I'm just told Air has come back. Although quick off the mark about Marion, they're looking into Marion's problem and they're going to contact her uh, later. Hopefully that gets sorted out. I mean, it would be unusual, wouldn't it, if it's unless there's something wrong with her phone. Even though I doubt that if she's receiving and not able to send it uh, does sound like some kind of a glitch anyway uh, if anybody else is having problems with the sending and receiving of text messages from air in particular let us know please some of your thoughts coming into the program let me go to some of your texts uh, coming in um oh this is um lorenzo and people give out about lorenzo somebody has said patricia this is mary just to say it's fierce windy I love that word fierce fierce windy here in Ferry Point in Yall way worse than it was yesterday I think Lorenzo forgot to visit us and they've decided he's he's decided to he has decided to return today instead in fairness the Met Aaron let me give you their latest the their last weather forecast that I just read out a couple of minutes ago I'm sorry it's gone on I knocked it down on the floor. That was the earlier one. Um, they're saying still very windy with possible damaging gusts and spells of light rain. And obviously you and you also are by the coast. You do need to be careful. It hasn't completely gone away. All those winds should abate though as we head into the afternoon. And thank you, Mary, for your text and your kind words about the programme. And Seamus in Mitchellstown says, Dear Patricia, People are disappointed that the storm expected didn't happen. They'll all be on their knees when the Lord decides that it is time. Yes, Seamus, yeah, I know your point. They'll be praying that the roof stays on if we did get a bad storm. And Stephen in County Kerry says, Hi Patricia, I had an argument with a friend yesterday evening who was complaining that Met Aaron were overreacting and that they'd cry wolf once too often and eventually no one would take any notice of the warnings. And I was trying to explain to him that Met Aaron are simply erring on the side of caution. They used to have a philosophy in the Wild West long ago, a place, as you know, that was fraught with danger. And the philosophy was hope for the best, but expect the worst. And you won't go far wrong with that. As for people being disappointed, they would want their head examined. They've obviously no concept whatsoever of the danger from a very, very damaging storm. Thank you for that, uh, Stephen, and hope we all find you well in uh, County Kerry today. And Breathe says, Patricia, I think it's wonderful to be prepared for the storm. And I'm thanking God today that it was okay." and that there wasn't any damage done. And Breather says, well, I'm on to you. Here's another topic that I'd like you to raise on your programme today. Why do we still have zero hours contracts? I think, I thought the government were getting rid of this through, I thought, yeah, through legislation, but no such luck. It seems to be worse now than it ever was. You can have three to four people all technically doing the same job. And rather than giving the one person a full-time job, and then obviously if they're not on a zero-hour contract, they, they will be a permanent member of staff and it will come with it, sick pay, holiday pay and all of that. But instead, if you put zero-hour contracts, put three or four people in there to work across that 40-hour week so that everybody ends up just doing uh, 10 hours uh, each. Breda is a bit suspicious that it's working in the government's favour to have these zero-hour contracts because it's reducing the numbers that are on the unemployment list because these people obviously now if you're only doing 10 hours in a week you will still be you will be signing on but you'll be off the live register as a 
long term unemployed person. So it's kind of manipulating the figures Breather reckons that's making the government uh, look better. But Breather says that's why we're hearing so often from people who are struggling to make ends meet. Um, They can't make any plans. Something has to be done about it. And what you what you were talking about as well, Breather, would be the term that is referred to as the working poor. And Father Sean Healy, the wonderful Father Sean Healy of Social Justice Ireland, who no doubt will speak with next week because we always speak with him after a budget and he always does a great analysis of the budget. But he, I think he was one, certainly he was one of the first I would have dealt with that would have coined that phrase, the working poor. And I remember the first time hearing it saying, oh, somebody's working and they're still poor. And and he, he talks about that all the time and it's a situation that's getting worse. And there are a higher number of people who do head out to work every single day. They can be in full-time employment, but because they're not paid a living wage, they're only paid at the minimum wage. And if they've got a family and if they're paying, as we all know, everybody's paying high rent or big mortgages, very little left at the end of the week in order to, for any kind of certainly luxuries, let alone to try and put decent meals on the table. And they are the working poor. And there, if you talk to anyone from people like the Societies of Vincent Paul, talk to Katrina Toomey of Penny Dinners Katrina would see people who come in there for a warm hot meal who are working but they're the working poor all their money is being used to keep a roof uh, over their head and if you and 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 breathe the group breathe speak with I suppose can fall into that category as well they they are the people who don't have enough hours work and the reason for it is zero hour contract which is working in the favour of the employer because they don't have to take the person on full time they don't have to pay them holiday pay they don't have to pay sick pay so it's they're still getting the work done but they're getting it done cheaper which seems very very unfair indeed and really you're right there has been a lot of talk about trying to get rid of zero hour uh, contracts but according to Breather it's still very much alive and well thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And on Brexit, Pat said, Hi Patricia, the unionists both here and in England have caused nothing but trouble on this island since they came with their Dutch landlords to take over England. And here we are again, having to listen to their rubbish about Brexit and wanting to blame Ireland for their shortcomings. What a shower, said said Pat, not happy at all with Brexit. And a couple of shout-outs, a couple of texts in looking for shout-outs, which I'm happy to do. Miriam says, hi Patricia, could you please give a shout-out for Griffin's Garden Centre, their charity cycle. It is happening on next Sunday the 6th and it's for the Cork Simon community and One Man's Ethiopia. Full details at griffinsgardencentre.ie Thanking you, that's from Miriam. Thanks Miriam. Hi Patricia. Dancing is on tonight in Theo Park Lab in Malaga. That's with Peter Burke. All are welcome. And Marion Fitzgerald who is the PRO of Gagan ICA says, Patricia would you mention our tea dance? That's happening next Sunday between 3 and 6 in the afternoon Patrick O'Sullivan and it I'm assuming is it music by Patrick O'Sullivan and it's in aid of the new car park for uh, Gagan so uh, that sounds like a nice afternoon thank you Margaret for your text and another Margaret emailed Patricia at c103.ie in response to the programme that we did yesterday when we were talking about active retirement groups and in particular I had a wonderful chat with a gentleman called John Noel and and the amount of people that commented and what a great guy John Noel was and John Noel was outlining all of the various 
great work that goes on and the great activities that go on at Active Retirement uh, Ireland. And he was talking about the various lots of branches across Cork City and County. Well, Margaret listened to John Noel yesterday and uh, she's PRO for the Mallow branch of Active Retirement. And she said for anybody wanting to know their nearest branch, they could simply pop into the library or into Citizens Information. Margaret says, for example, she said, I've allowed the Mallow, the library in Mallow to give out my phone number if anybody rings in. I will meet them, introduce them to the members at our meeting, which, by the way, is held every Tuesday at half past ten at the Parish Centre and they're always open to new members. That's the Active Retirement Group in Mallow. And thank you to Margaret for her email. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Young Christian Workers, they're hosting a concert in Anakisha Church called Anthems from Anakisha. It's on half past seven tonight. It features tenor Dan Toomey, accompanied on piano by Elaine Guinan, along with Crescendo String Quartet and many more. Tickets are 12 euro and they'll be available at the door tonight. Pink Ribbon Day is on today. That's the of the Irish Cancer Society. Uh, they're on sale all over, but it's, we've had notification that they're certainly on sale in Newmarket. Ballinahasic Community Development, they've got a fundraising social dance in the Marion Hall tonight. Dancing is to Adrian Ryan from 9.45 and teas will be served. Rock Chapel Parents Association, they have a fashion show tonight in the local community centre. Starts at 8. Tickets are available from the local shop or at the door. Clyde Rovers GAA, they're holding their lotto draw in the Hill Bar in Bottle Hill. And Drumahan Ladies Group would like to thank everybody who supported their recent coffee morning. That was for Marymount Hospice. And they raised €1,870. And Dancing at Kibrin Social Club has been cancelled for tonight. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And well done to the ESP Network crews. They've been very busy today. And I'm now told power has been fully restored in Charleville. That was a big outage. There was about 1,100 homes and businesses affected there overnight and this morning but power is back. Churchtown Liscarroll still without electricity but they're working on that and there are power outages in Mill Street this morning but according to John Paul they seem to be planned outages by the ESB network. I'm surprised they've, have they still gone ahead with those? Uh, anyway, uh, if they're, if you are without power in Mill Street it's because that was a planned one so you would have been aware of that you, they would have been uh, contacted in advance but well done to the crews who have been working very, very hard and it's still as we're hearing from various places, particularly around the coast and higher areas, it's still quite windy today. So that's not to say that we won't have more trees down and more power outages in the coming hours until those winds abate, which they're expected to do as we head through the afternoon. Now, yesterday we had a stormy programme and it was nothing to do with Storm Lorenzo. It was to do with a debate that broke out rather innocently, I think, initially from a comment that came in from a listener when we were talking about the budget and the fact that next Tuesday is the budget and people are kind of trying to guess and predict what's going to be contained in the budget and we had been talking with a loan who represent older people and they have put a call out in a pre-budget submission that they want the old age pension the contributory and the non-contributory pension to go up by 7 euro a week 
this year and every year for the next three years so that in three years time the current state pension would be upped by 21 euro and we had a debate around that and we were talking about older people and poverty and poverty traps that older people find themselves in and that led to I think it was John and Cove was the first to kick it off saying he was a bit annoyed about the fact that we were even having this discussion and his point was that there are another group of society who are struggling way more than older people and the group in society that he felt should be targeted are families with children and families who are struggling to put children to school, teenagers and young adults in college and that these, that cohort, that generation of people are in the main own their own homes but they're still paying huge mortgages and he was making the point that older people, traditionally speaking, own their own homes so they don't have a mortgage so what they have in just to look after themselves and he feels they have enough and he actually went so far as to say that there should be some cuts to the money that's given to older people take it from the older people and give it to the younger people now that led to a whole string of calls and angry calls now there were some people agreed with him but in the main older people did not agree even though we did have one Joan I think there was one uh, lady who fell into that uh, over 65 category who thought, yeah, that the argument was right. Well, just a couple of more comments in on, in, um, the, on that particular issue. Mary says, uh, Patricia, hi, the older people of today were the young people of yesterday and they had the very same problems. Which, which is a good point that while you've got younger people today who are struggling, young parents struggling to put the children through school and struggling to pay for everything, Previous generations did the very same thing, but I suppose the argument that could be used by the younger parents today, previous generations didn't have mortgages as high as the mortgages people find themselves in today are the high childcare costs that maybe there's additional costs today than there was for previous generations. Could that argument be put forward? And another listener says, Patricia, those good meaning commentators to your programme yesterday should not get upset with the old age pension because to the credit of most of today's pensioners they are still and probably to their very end will be supporting their sons and daughters who were burnt by the money lending institutions of the Celtic uh, Tiger and that's a good point and a fair and a valid point as well. There are many older parents who are propping up sons and daughters, who have helped out sons and daughters in putting a mortgage together and putting a deposit for a mortgage together. How often have we heard of granny and granddad looking after the grandchildren and they're doing it so that the parents don't have to pay excessive childcare costs? So, you know, it works and swings and roundabouts. Each generation is helping out the other generation. But what I didn't like about it yesterday was I hated that thing of pitting one generation against uh, another because I, re- I really don't think that is the way uh, we should be going. Eileen is on uh, Bear Island and uh, she joins me to continue on this very topic. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, good after good afternoon to you, Eileen. Good afternoon, Patricia. How uh, are you? I'm very well. First year on Bear Island. What's the weather yeah. like? It's great. It's oh. great, really. We didn't get what we thought we'd get, and you know, yeah. but we were prepared. Yeah, and it's great to be prepared. And was I it think. was it windy yesterday? Just a bit windy. It was yeah. windy last night for a little while. Yeah. But I mean, it was nothing like we thought it would be. But Thank like God. I say, oh, when you're living on an island, there's no harm in being prepared. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, um, now, you. No, were... I didn't hear that discussion yesterday, actually. Okay. And I'm, a, I'm actually an old age pensioner. Okay. Um, and I have worked all my life. So I have contributed to this country yeah. with my tax. So I think once you get, if you contribute to the country's coppers, right? Mm. I think by the time you get to pension age, you're entitled to your pension. And I think the young people of today, um, okay, get your job. If you can, contribute through your taxes and then you'll be entitled to your pension. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you worked all of your working life, you were paying for the pensioners of that that time. That's that's the way I look at it. If you pay into the country, right? Yeah. Into your country, right? Then by the time you get to pension age, it's like the country saying to you, well, thank you very much for what you've given us. Now we'll give you something back. It is your turn now. It's your turn now. And I think, you know, and I mean, it is hard to survive on the pension as it is, you know. And are you um, living on your own? Are you? Oh, in, I am, yeah. yeah, I'm a widow. Yeah. I yeah. do. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's the one group that I always think needs to be targeted the most. And I thought it was great to hear Sean Moynihan from Malone say oh, it. Yeah. If you have two pensioners living together, I'm not saying that they're... they're Oh, I know what you They're mean. They're very flahulic, yes, but yes. they have almost not quite double the pension, but almost double the pension. But one person living on their own still has all. You still have all the same bills. No, the, I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. it's good, and you know you can survive on it. But um, survive, yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, if we get a rise, well, I'll take it. I won't turn it down. Yeah. Um, but I feel, think that I have contributed. And I think the young people of today should do the same thing and by the time they get to pension age then they'll be entitled. It'll be their turn. But I just don't like people knocking old age pensioners no, about no. the money they get. I really don't because we've, we've you know, we've, maybe the country isn't great but we've done our best. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, and they'll be old age pensioners one day themselves. They will, you see. They will, that's it. And they'll be turning around and saying, well, now we're entitled. Yeah, 
know, so I think that's what I feel anyway. All right, Eileen, good point. So, Thank you for that. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for a million. Thank Thanks you. for joining Bye. us. Uh, 1850 uh, Somebody else is asking about is the petrol uh, going up? And yeah, well, well, I mentioned this yesterday. I, yeah, I, I think we can be almost guaranteed that the petrol and diesel is going to go up uh, next week. And I know in the front of the Irish Independent today, there's a piece on with Kevin Doyle, their group political editor with the Independent, and they're saying the motorists can be expected to hit, be hit immediately with a rise in petrol and diesel in next week's budget. The Finance Minister, Pascal Donoghue, will order that the price of fuel at the filling station pumps across the country will rise from midnight on Tuesday. And that was the point I was making yesterday that I find and I know a lot of our listeners find really annoying if they do decide to put something like the petrol or the packet of cigarettes or the pint of beer or the bottle of wine it'll go up from midnight but if they do decide to give lovely Eileen out on Bear Island and other social welfare recipients if they decide to give them whatever it is alone want an extra seven euro but it might only be an extra five or whatever it is those people will wait until I think it was the weekend of St. Patrick's Day that they got their increase so it'll get announced in October but the increase won't come in until March yet everything else will go up from midnight any of the excise duties that they decide to introduce next Tuesday but it is looking almost definite fill up your petrol and your diesel cars do it on Tuesday make sure you have a, a full tank of petrol before budget is announced on Tuesday afternoon. This is the carbon tax increase. It's going to be one of the most controversial measures in budget 2020. But there's speculation that there will be some reprieve on domestic fuel like your home heating oil, briquettes and things like coal because it looks like Pascal Donoghue will hold off on increase to those products until next year and that obviously is to try to the fears of the impact on families and and pensioners as we're heading into the winter. We know we have fuel poverty uh, in this country. It's understood plans are being developed to have mechanisms in place to deal with fuel poverty. We've got to wait to see what those mechanisms are before the government will decide to target home heating uh, oil. The price hike there could be delayed until the 1st of January. They might even let the winter months go completely and wait until we get into the spring of 2020. Carbon tax at the moment is €20 per tonne and it's been like that since 2014. It actually hasn't gone up since 2014. What the the government now are saying, what we can expect next Tuesday, is it will rise between €6 and €7. And that will mean two cent extra on petrol and diesel. At the moment, the average price of petrol and diesel is one four four for petrol and one three four for diesel. So an extra two cent there. And um, then the industry source, that's about over, if you fill your tank of petrol, about an extra one euro and uh, 20 cent. Home heating oil will go up if you get a full tank, which is usually about 900 litres, isn't it? We'll fill a tank. With the new carbon tax, if it goes up by six or seven euro, it'll be an extra fifteen to sixteen euro. Bale of briquettes will go up by fifteen cent, and the bag of coal will go up by seven cent. And the Theatre Glee of Varadkar has already confirmed that all new income collected from the carbon tax will be wing fenced for measures relating to climate action. And we will wait and dearly hope that that is exactly what he does. And actually talking of climate action next Monday, I'm going to be chatting with Alicia O'Sullivan. She was the West Cork teenager 
who represented Ireland at that UN Climate Summit for Young People. You know the one where Greta Thunberg was speaking at and was got so emotional. My God, my heart went out to Greta Thunberg. And I know the, the Swedish young environmentalist and I know there's been some criticism and I think they should leave her alone leave the girl is just the young girl is just trying to do her best anyway Alicia O'Sullivan is from West Cork and she represented Ireland to that and we're going to take time out to talk to Alicia on the programme and they are the future generation they are the ones most worried about climate change okay I need to take a break I do and we're back talking movies with Mark Malone Hello this is Eric Griffin join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems and then... Hi there, Tommy Fleming here. This is Dominic Kerwin. Hello, this is Phil Minnebegley here. Hello, this is Robert Mazzell. Hi, this is Nathan Carter, and you're listening to Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of country and Irish from 8, right here on C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 and Mark Malone joins me for the movies. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. And you're very welcome. Now, you went along to the movies to see Ad Astra. Yep. And then Rocketman. This is the Elton John, Elton John movie. OK, we have, we do, we have a quick trailer from Ad Astra. Major, your father was experimenting with a classified material. All life could be destroyed. You know what you'll have to do. I worry about you. I love you. Nothing can prepare you for what's out there. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, there we are having having the chats. Uh, okay, <laughs> add um, Astra. This is an adventure drama mystery. <sighs> Is it? More, well, it, it's a sci-fi. It's, it's a kind of sci-fi film. It's it's kind of set in space. Okay. But it's really more of a kind of a psychological drama, which has disappointed a lot of people. I think this is another one of these films which kind of split people down the middle. You got all of the kind of uh, reviewers and all the critics who really really like it and think it's fabulous and wonderful, and that uh, you know it should win loads of Oscars. And then you have the ordinary cinema-going people who didn't really go and see it because word of mouth said it wasn't very good, and a lot of people who went to it thought it was really really boring. And in fact, if you go on the kind of comment section of uh, the IMDb. Site. Uh, there's a lot of people there saying this is really boring, this is rubbish, this is terrible, and I'm giving it one out of ten. But whereas if you look at the critics, uh, the critics really, really loved it because it's very kind of it's 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 a very kind of cerebral kind of sci fi film. And uh, do critics feel they have to like it then if it's very deep? Actually, it's funny you should say that because that was one of the comments that I read that uh, because it's not your normal kind of Star Wars kind of Star Trek, you know, set your faces at uh, stone kind of nonsense. Mm. Uh, in their mind, they consider it nonsense. I don't. I mean, I love all that kind of kind of adventure stuff and. Um, and it's not like that at all. In fact, there's an awful lot of very slow-moving kind of sequences in this where Brad Pitt looks out a window. He does a lot of that. <laughs> he does a lot of looking out the window. And it's over two hours long, so it's a long movie. It is a long movie, yeah. And at times it is quite boring, I have to admit. And so I'm kind of stuck in the middle. There are times when it's just extraordinary to look at it and it's amazing. But there are times when you think, when you're looking at your watch, Come on, thinking, come on, come on. Sort oh, of goodness me. And there are a couple of really weird action sequences which are actually seem out of place. There's a, a very strange sequence where, for example, Brad Pitt, the film is set just ahead of us. It's not really right now. It's, but, but, but it's not like 200 years ahead. Okay. It's pretty much just a couple of years ahead. Oh. 
Right. And so therefore, um, to get to Mars, which is what he has to do to try and find his father, uh, he goes via the moon. And uh, there's a sequence in the moon where they're attacked by these space pirates. And we're told nothing about them. We don't know who they are. Uh, we presume they're from Earth. But, you know, I mean, how do they get there? How do they get yeah. to, 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 to Mars? And this is kind of weird action sequence, which just does seem out of place. And then there's a very strange sequence later on with a space monkey. <laughs> a space monkey. <laughs> I won't say anymore. OK. But and and the, they both seem out of place. So I do wonder did at some stage, you know, the, 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 the movie company t- turn to the producers and say, look, you know, you've got to do something here. It's, it's got to have some action sequences here because otherwise it's really, really dull. It reminded me actually of the George Clooney film Solaris. And that, too, uh, kind of also split people right down the middle. It was more of a kind of psychological drama rather than a kind of a, a kind of a, a rollicking kind of sci-fi kind of adventure movie. And that's what we have here. So Brad spends a lot of time just staring into space. Yeah, and it's a very minimalist performance. I mean, people are talking about it being kind of Oscar worthy, but actually he doesn't do very, very much. He's just basically being Brad Pitt looking at windows because... He's a very, very deep character. Uh, they say that, uh, for example, one of the reasons why they send him on this trip is because his heart rate uh, doesn't uh, go up no matter how much stress he's under because he's very, very relaxed and very cool. Now, either Brad just decided not to bother, you know, putting too much of an effort in into the performance or he didn't want to learn lines. So basically what they have, they have a voiceover and the voiceover tells us all the time, his own voiceover, uh, what he's thinking at the, that moment. So he didn't learn the lines. He, he didn't even learn the lines. Exactly. He went into a booth and just read them. And I wonder, too, was there a lot of controversy? Because there was a lot of controversy about Brad... The, the film Blade Runner all those years ago with yeah. Harrison Ford for example where yeah. the again the film studios went to the producers and said look we don't know what's happening we've got to get Harrison Ford to do a voiceover to tell us what's going on and a lot of people didn't like that and I wonder is that what happened here um, so yeah so th- th- it's an extraordinary film to look at it's very kind of interstellar it's very like 2001 um, it's very very similar to kind of movie and Solaris movies that we've kind of seen before mm. and they're obviously um, you know they're obviously obviously the director and uh, the writers were, were influenced by these movies and there's a very interesting. There's a brilliant opening sequence where Brad Pitt is um, on this kind of uh, sci-fi station above Earth and he falls. Do you remember Felix Baumgartner at that time? That guy who jumped from space uh, with oh, a parachute yeah, and yeah, he did it yeah. live on the internet. Yeah. Do you remember he spun around and yeah. lost consciousness? There's a scene very, very similar to that at the start of the film and it's, uh, they were obviously influenced by uh, that as well. And uh, so, and, and also the soundtrack. The soundtrack is very, very good. It's from a guy by the name of Max uh, Richter and I loved the soundtrack to Interstellar I thought it was fabulous from Hans Zimmer and it's very, very similar to that. So my whole time when I'm watching this, I'm thinking I've seen a lot of all this yeah, before. Yeah, it's reminding you of something else. And I think that's, that's a bit of a that, That's distracting in a movie. It can be, yeah. But, you know, there's so much good stuff here. It might, but Mind you, it could have been, it's a psychological drama that could have been set on Earth. It could have been set at any time. So it's, the fact that it's in space actually has nothing to do with the actual drama itself. It could have been set anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so that's why a lot of kind of, I think, sci-fi enthusiasts were kind of a little bit disappointed with it. It's directed by a guy called James Gray. Uh, who good lineup of cast. The cast is very good. Ruth Negga from Ireland uh, is in it as well. Yeah. She plays a Martian, but a, a human Martian who has never been to Earth, which is kind of, I thought that was kind okay. of interesting. And um, and Tommy Lee Jones plays uh, Brad Pitt's father. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, gets lost near Jupiter. So to, well, that's uh, where he Pitt's goes in search of. So yeah, look, if you go and see it, you're not going to get this kind of Star Wars kind of shoot 'em up kind of thing. It's really, really restrained and um, a restrained performance by Brad Pitt as well. 
I liked an awful lot of it, but I have to admit, I yawned a couple of times. Okay, mark it at 10. I'll give it seven. Seven, okay. Three off for the, for the yawns. Now, out on a DVD is this wonderful movie all about Elton John, which is uh, entitled Rocket Man, uh, which basically tells Elton John's life story. Yeah, from a little boy right to the present day. W- was he involved with the making of this movie? Was he? In- he was. And I think what's interesting is, I mean, this came hot on the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody. And the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody is that I, I liked a lot of it, but I basically really wanted to know more about Freddie. Whereas I got the impression that the egos from the band wanted more uh, air time. They wanted yeah. to share the the, 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 the the screen time with um, with with Freddie, although I just wanted to see Rami Malek. That's all I wanted uh, to see. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Here, though, um, what's interesting, and the, the other thing, of course, the other criticism of the film is that it was kind of a sanitised version of Freddie, where we didn't really go into his personal life, which was kind of quite extraordinary, to say the least. Mm. Here, um, the great thing about this is that, yes, Elton John was very, very much involved in this film, but he basically said to the producers, do anything you want, tell anything you want, I don't care. Show the bad side of me. Warts and all. Warts and all, just do it all, and I don't really, really mind. And and so that's terrific, and so therefore we do get to see the kind of more, kind of bitter side, the more drug-taking side, the were alcoholic you, were side. Were you of, aware of, of, of the drug-taking? Oh, very much so, yeah. Or I think so. You? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I was, The, the yeah. length, though, my goodness, the man, how he is alive today. It is some of his binges. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it is quite extraordinary, but he was a huge, huge character. For example, yeah. at the start of the film, he goes to an AA meeting and he says, yeah. look, I know how this works. He says, look, I'm, um, I am a drug uh, addict, I am an alcoholic, and I'm a shopaholic, which I thought yeah. was a terrific line because, as you know, historically, he loved to spend money yeah. and buy stuff. And then subsequently, of course, he had to, uh, to, to, to sell it off, you know. Um, the link between this, there's a couple of links between this and Bohemian Rhapsody. First of all, it's directed by Dexter Fletcher, who was brought in late on to Bohemian Rhapsody okay. to kind of uh, to kind of uh, to, to fix it. And he made a very, very good job. And in this film, it's not really your, your basic kind of biopic. In this, it's more like a kind of a musical fantasy because on occasions, they not only burst into song, but they burst into dance. And you have these wonderful wonderful kind of fantasy sequences which are delightful which you didn't see in Bohemian Rhapsody and in fact Dexter Flachter a couple of years ago made this beautiful film called Sunshine and Leaf and that's what it reminded me of it had the music of the Proclaimers and people would burst into song and it was just absolutely terrific and this is actually very very similar to that as well Taron Egerton plays Elton John and what a performance I mean if, if Rami Malek gets uh, Best Actor for Freddie Mercury why not um, I, a nomination for, for Elton yeah he just puts yeah. everything into it and he sings all the songs himself he, became Elton John yeah and he does he, he sounds like Elton John and in fact Elton John said look don't even do an imperfect impression of me just bring yourself to the role and he does and he puts everything into it the interesting thing is his mother is played by Bryce Dallas Howard and I didn't recognise her for ages I was wondering who this woman is uh, she's the American actress who was in uh, Jurassic World and she's got, oh. a, she's got a brilliant English accent because I, I, I only saw this movie last week I didn't realise that's who she is it's a very odd piece of casting but she was fantastic in it as is everybody in this film Jamie Bell is wonderful as Bernie Taupin yeah. who of course wrote uh, all of the lyrics there's also a, a crossover too to Bohemian Rhapsody in that uh, the music producer in this one uh, John Reed. he's played by Richard Madden in this whereas in Bohemian Rhapsody he's played by the Irish actor uh, Aidan Gillen so I thought that was kind of interesting I thought when they burst into song it's terrific I remember talking to a musician years ago who said he was really embarrassed by musicals because when people used to burst into song he got, he got really embarrassed and he didn't like it yeah. and I said but you're a musician and, whereas I love it I think it's so really terrific and I think some of the you saw um, a lot of this and what yeah. did you, what, what, I loved it, I, you, I, you I, lo- it. I loved it yeah. and I was unaware of a lot of like I, I knew you know the year he came from he would dabbled in drugs I didn't realise how you know deep his drug taking and and drink went, but I didn't know a lot about his earlier. He was it was, I I felt so sorry for him. He was his his early childhood was he was just 
desperate to be loved. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, the film basically concentrates on that and his desperate desperation to be loved by his mother and his father. And to be hugged by his dad. He wasn't... At that stage, was he, he had a very, very cold relationship with his yeah. father who wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. And there's this heartbreaking scene later where his father went off to have another life, had two boys... And, and when had he a wonderful the, relationship. And had a wonderful, huggy relationship with these guys. And that's quite heartbreaking. And his mother as well. He had a very strange relationship with his mother who was also quite cold for him. So it's almost, as you say, this desperate need to be loved. And it wasn't just good enough that he had loads of money. He wanted to be loved by, by people, uh, not just for his music, but for him as well. And it's wonderful to think that he has found that love and he's got those two beautiful kids. Yeah. And it's just, you know. It is true. It's one of those movies at the end, you sort of smile because they show some pictures at the end yeah. of. And of course, the song is peppered with Elton John songs. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an Elton John fan, the exactly. music is is incredible. Okay, so Mark, Rocket Man out of ten. I, I didn't find anything wrong with it. Uh, ten you know? out of ten. ten go of on, ten. I will I will go with you on that one as well. <laughs> it is terrific. Listen, thank you for that. Have a lovely week, and uh, we will chat to you again next Friday. That is uh, Mark Malone, our movie review. Nick Richards is up next, turning up the feel good with these tunes. <laughs> That's where I leave you. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Have yourselves an absolutely brilliant weekend. The Breakfast Show in Cork paying out €1,700 Euro on Celebrity Seas back Monday with three chances to win. You can join me for Cork's greatest hits. All things going on across the city and county. Great show. Listen to you every day. Brilliant. It all happens again Monday from 6. See you then. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.